What's up? This is Philman Lee. You're listening to my episode on Pop Nerd Lounge. Welcome to Pop Nerd Lounge, the show where we share the stories of creatives to inspire fellow creatives. I'm your host, Steph Pham. Get ready to be moved by the mesmerizing story of the singer-songwriter and multi-instrumentalist Philman Lee. Philman Lee's voice is a remarkable instrument that resonates deep within the soul, drawing inspiration from musical legends like Elvis Presley, Elton John, and Steven Tyler. He has created a sound uniquely his own, blending elements of rock, soul, and contemporary pop. Philman's dedication and exceptional songwriting skills led him to sign with Epic Records, and he's already made waves with his debut single Memories and the powerful collaboration with Lindsey Sterling on No Saving Me. But that's not all. Philman caught the attention of rapper Young Thug, and together they created the irresistible single Baby Don't Cry, showcasing the balanced potential of these two remarkable artists, which we'll be discussing in this episode. Join us as we delve into the heart and soul of Phil Mitley's music, learning the backstory of what it was like growing up with a touring musician, and the influences that have shaped his unique musical style. Sit back, relax, and enjoy my conversation with Phil Mitley. Welcome to Popner Lounge. Joining me today is Philman Lee. Philman, thank you so much for joining me in the lounge today. Absolutely. Thank you so much for this opportunity. Take me back to the beginning. Your father was a musician. So how did that influence you into your path as an artist? Growing up early, you know, um, grew up on the tour bus with my father. He was a guy, he was in a gospel quartet group. Was four years old, three, something like that, running around in diapers on the tour bus. Just growing up around him, listening to him, you know, sing harmony, singing in a quartet like that. It uh, definitely imprinted me on a young age, imprinted on me at a young age. Then when I was like 10, you know, he kind of moved to the rock and roll side of it. And, you know, I definitely, I would say I enjoyed that more, but it's definitely exciting, you know. But yeah, man, he was a big influence on, on my musical career. Just watching how he, other people enjoyed listening to him and the effect he got from them enjoying it, you know, it's kind of like, it's kind of like a high, you know. I can see that a lot of your influences are Motown artists. And if someone wasn't v- well-versed in the sound and genre, what's one song that you would start them off with as an introduction to Motown? Oh, I think it, I I can't remember the name is Donnie Hathaway. Uh, there's been so many places in my life and time. That's how I love that song. That's a good one. When a man loves a woman. Uh, a lot of Marvin Gaye as well. You know Marvin Gaye. It's a shit. Marvin Gaye is the king of Motown. Oh my goodness. Great, great choices. I love Donny Hathaway and that song. A song for you. That's what it is. So a song special. for you. I, 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 couldn't, you know, yeah. I couldn't remember. So special. I, I love your choices. Really great introductions. And I, I'm really fascinated that that's a part of your musical backstory and a part of your influences because a lot of our generation didn't grow up on that. And so I'm very happy to see that that was woven into your backstory and influences for what inspired you to get into music. Oh, that's too. A, yeah. Definitely a lot of... Uh, different kind of influences you know i got i'm a big rock and roll guy too like classic rock like acdc leonard skinner Aerosmith, smith stuff like that the motown era 
and you know of course like the, the current stuff too as well when did you begin writing songs on top of being a musician and an artist the musician probably i think i picked up my first instrument when i was probably like 10 or 11 probably drums i think that's what everybody kind of starts off on that or guitar started off on the drums played that uh I think starting off with the drums is what helped me so much with my rhythm and keeping in time like now and like when I play different instruments. But then when I was like 13, my dad had so many guitars that I didn't have done. And uh, he was just like, you know, if you learn this song, I think it was like Guns N' Roses, like a Sweet Child of Mine or something. And I went down there, watched a YouTube video and got the intro down and he took me to Guitar Center and got me my first guitar. Then I just started playing playing that playing that and you know i mean i think when i really started like figuring this is what i wanted to do i went to auburn university at montgomery their sister school and uh, it was my first year there i think i was like 18 going on 19 or something like that and i noticed when i was taking one of these classes and i think it was music theory there was this big baby grand piano behind the just what do you call this thing the projector that comes down from the wall or something and when she played it, she would rise it up and you'd, she would sit back there and play. And I was just like, man, it'd be awesome if I could sneak in here and kind of like teach myself how to play piano. Because I always loved the piano. Just never. And I got kind of familiar. I think the the security guard kind of got familiar with me. And he didn't really mind when I snuck in there. Probably should have been studying a lot more and not as partying as much. But went in there and started playing and started trying to dabble around and writing songs. And I think after the, my during my second semester, I was just kind of, you know, like I'd rather do this for a living and dropped out. My dad gave me my dad. I think he was like, man, you got like three weeks or something to figure how this is going to work out or you're just going to have to get you a job. And I made it work in like two. Mm. You have this captivating small town to musical artist story to the listener out there who wants to leave their hometown for bigger things. What would you tell them? And definitely don't leave your hometown not prepared. I think before I even left where I'm from, you know, I had had found a way to record some songs. Because you don't want to just go to a studio and be like, hey, I can sing. They're The first thing they're going to tell you to do, you know what I mean, is either they'll make you sing something on site or they'll be like, let's listen to what you've already cut, you know. So I would definitely say figure figure a way to cut some songs before you leave and save up a little money. I think preparation is so key, especially whenever people want to leave their hometown for bigger things. It works out for some people where they just leave spontaneously with just like a dream in their pocket and just going to that destination. But for a lot of us, I think we have to go into a full plan before we can even think about leaving our hometown like that in that scenario. So yeah. Being prepared, yeah. Yeah, I, I think the way you said it, the the preparation is because if you if you ain't prepared when you go out there and you get discouraged, then you feel like it, it ain't ever gonna happen. As someone who's worked tirelessly to maintain the quality of your voice, what's something that helps keep your voice in shape? Like, like when I'm not when I'm not like singing, or like when I'm singing continuously. Kind of both, actually, if you don't mind answering both aspects of that question. Uh, try to try to rest a lot, not talk as much. Um, 
I'm not I'm not big into like hot drinks. You know what I mean? Like I don't drink coffee, stuff like that. But I do I'll I do drink a little tea here and there. Like I have some a box of like this like I think I can't remember the brand, but it's like some throat comfort or whatever. And I'll just drink that. Or sometimes I'll boil water and I'll just breathe in the steam. Um but when I'm when I'm recording or singing, I don't I don't do too much. I might have some tea. And kind of not talk a lot, I guess. Sleep is important, though. But, you know, it's definitely... I have a hard time falling asleep. But I would definitely say sleep sleep's really important for you. What's an obstacle you faced as an artist, and how did you overcome it? I wouldn't say, like... I don't know. Like, as an artist... Are you talking about, like, before I got signed or signed? Probably before you got signed. I think it was just like the whole me coming from a small town and wondering how, like, because it's such a big world, but at the same time, like, social media is really insane how some kid from, you know, like, like, not even from my small town, but you could think like a population of like a, like 400, 500, something crazy like that can post a video and be discovered and be flown somewhere the next day, you know what I mean? So I think it was just me wondering after my dad gave me that, that, that ultimato like you know what i mean like you got like two weeks and i was just thinking to myself like how do i go from lagrange georgia to the front doors of somewhere like how do, how do i make that happen so i think that that's probably the biggest thing i've faced so far you know i have a good team you know so they help me with a lot of things you know so i don't think i've faced too much right now you know but I think them them beginning days, you know, it was it was it was it was pretty hard to figure out how I was going to do it. If you don't mind me asking, uh, what got you through that period when you, your dad gave you that ultimatum? Like, ultimately, what what drove you to be like, okay, this is like my full time ambition to be a musician? Like, what was that bridge to cross over to be like, yes, I can do it? I think it's just the drive I had. I mean, I have a I, I I'm a pretty hard worker, you know, so. I mean, the drive I have now, you know, I, I, I love going in the studio every day. I love working. I love writing. I love singing. So I think the drive I've had even back then has been the same, you know, so it's not like I had any other choice. I mean, I didn't want to do anything else. You know, I've, I've just seen so many people try to do it and how discouraged they are when they get older and they didn't make it happen. So my mind now was just like, it's never going to be me. I'm going to find a way. And, you know, I, I did, you know, you know what I mean? So, and I, in anything, you know what I mean? It's just, and then, and then in that little time, like, and I felt like it wasn't ever going to happen, you know, I just kept going. Hey nerds, thank you for sticking around with us. We hope you're enjoying the episodes so far. We're always looking to improve the show. So any and all feedback you can give us is greatly appreciated. We're also constantly on the lookout for creatives to feature, so if you think you'd be perfect or know someone we should speak to, let us know. We can be reached over on our contact page at popnerdlounge.com. Thank you for listening and enjoy the rest of the episode. Talk to me about your record, Baby Don't Cry, featuring Young Thug. I, I found it to be a very catchy and a feel-good record, so t- talk to me about it and what was the process like of creating that record? So, I'm signed to, uh, to Flata, and uh, he had a relationship with Thug, and, you know, he showed Thug some, some of my music, 
he really liked it. He wanted to meet up and kind of get a vibe. And, you know, we went in the studio, talked to him, hung out. You know, he listened to some of my records and we showed him Baby Don't Cry. And uh, he was he was like, I could definitely hop on this, you know. And I think it was like a couple of couple of weeks or months or something like that after he, he FaceTimed me and said to meet him at the studio. So I met, we went up there and I think he cut that verse in like, maybe 25 minutes like it was really quick and a lyrical genius and uh, yeah shot the video for it it was uh, it was on the go then i love the visual too what was the, creating the visual like because i i find these days that people to create a visual that's strong enough to withstand the record is really really hard because like everybody wants things to be cinematic and storytelling which i love but I also love like just having a good feel and like good vibe video as well, just to create a visual that matches the energy of the record. So what was creating the music video like? It was definitely different for me because like most of my videos, I don't have that many actors in it. And I, I mean, I think the first video I ever cut it, I think it had three. It was a mom, dad. Yeah. So there's three actors in the first one, but the rest of them, there wasn't really any, really any actors in. I think it was definitely different, you know, like, like get being in a room with like all these other actors and stuff like that and watching them play out their part and then me try to keep up to speed when it comes to acting, you know, like, I don't know, I have a hard time like smiling and laughing a lot. So like, sometimes it was me just trying to like snap into the reality of it. Like, ah, oh, like don't smile, you know, it, it was definitely a fun shoot though. The Ben Mark is the, is the, is the producer or director on the shoot and he, he made it really easy for me the whole team you know the designers from from light and all that just made it a real fun day for me you know it didn't really feel like work i always say whenever we as creatives want people to feel something when they experience our craft what do you want our listener to feel whenever they hear your music i think you know that's that's a good question i make music not for people to feel a certain way. I mean, I really just made it so they can relate to it. You know, uh, I think you, you you feel what you feel for music just based on how you relate to it. You know, I've never just like made a sad song to make people sad. You know what I mean? Like if it makes them happy, I guess, you know, hell it makes them happy. You know, I just, I just try to make good music and I hope people can relate to it in a good way. I like that answer. I like that answer a lot. <laughs> if you were to build a playlist to cheer somebody up, what's well, what song would you put on it? Like, like how big is this playlist we talking? <laughs> uh, well, it could be as big as you want it to, but at least give me like maybe one or two songs that you would add on to there. Um, let me see. I would definitely put in. Let's do this. Instead of a instead of one or two songs, let's do like like a couple albums or something. Okay, let's do that. I'd I'd put in the Hollywood Bleedings by Post Malone. That's one of my favorite albums. Uh, the Weekend have to put in like. Hmm, I'm trying to think which era, like which album. Cause what's what's his albums again? I know there's the new one. Dawn FM, then you got what's the one? Let's just say Acquainted, Can't Feel My Face, Gasoline, Save Your Tears, and then you gotta throw in like 
like I like you know, so you got throwing some Leonard Skinner in there, some ACDC, some Aerosmith. Well, let's let's go one more. Say a Marvin Gaye album. Yeah. Oh no. My playlist my playlists are all over the place. We're listening to everything you can think of. So that was a tough one. I I love it. I love it when somebody has a vast music like a, a listening scape. Whenever they listen to a lot of different artists, I love it because I I think especially as artists, whenever you listen to a, a bunch of different genres and different artists, I think that influences you to incorporate different things into your sound and into the way that you create and write as an artist. And so I I love hearing it right as an yeah. I'm definitely not the one you want to give the ox to. We might be listening to Baby, <laughs> and then we might be listening to Bach. So. <laughs> Hey, I'm totally cool with that. That would make for an interesting road trip, gotta say. <laughs> now, picture this with me. It's your first headline arena tour, and you're in front of a loud, cheering crowd of 10,000-plus people. How do you feel at that moment? What's going through your mind? I don't know. I feel like I'd be comfortable. I mean, a little nervous, but I feel like I'd be comfortable, you know? Like, I think when you work so hard for something, when you finally get there, it just feels right, you know what I mean? Oh, like a big arena. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I think that's, and I'll, I'll know a lot of artists strive for that, but like when you get to that moment, it just kind of feels like home, I would say. Like, especially if you, like, like you, you've had touring experience. And so, like, you know what it's like being on the road, but like having that stadium, but you're the headliner, that's got to like just be monumental. So, when you get to that moment, you work so hard for it, like you said, that's just got to feel like home. Like, that's I think, yeah, it would definitely be special. You know, I want my family there. You know what I mean? Especially if it's like an arena tour or something like that. I would love to have my family there, my friends and all that, you know. We're at my final question for you, Philman. It's been such an absolute pleasure. I, I've enjoyed getting to know your story and getting to talk to you. It's just been so easy and so chill. So thank you. Yeah, I appreciate it. Yeah. Absolutely. Thank you. So why are you a creative? Um. Why am I creative? Why am I creative or why am I like a creator? Like, Yeah, like why are you a creator, an artist, a musician, or whatever you want to label it? I, I hate sticking things to labels, but why are you a creative? I think because the world itself has so many boundaries. Um, I think one thing that kind of brings everything together, which is, you know, it's just the kind of, it's the thing that, brings the gumbo together you know what i mean it's just it's just music you know i think it doesn't matter what language or how you say it or how you sing it everybody understands it you know so i think i like that idea of that you know what i mean like just finding a way that people all people can relate in the fact that it could be my music is what does it i'm cool with that you know Fabulous. Well, Philman, it has been my pleasure and honor speaking with you. I loved getting to hear your story. So I'm going to turn the floor over to you and you can tell our listener where to find your music and where they can find you on social media and anything that you would like to plug. Absolutely. My name's Philman Lee, P-H-I-L-M-O-N-L-E-E. -E. My music on all platforms, Spotify, Pandora, YouTube, iTunes, Apple, Instagram, Filman Lee. Well, Twitter is Filman Lee One. And every, I mean, everywhere else, it's just Filman Lee. 
Well, Philman, thank you so much for chatting with me. I had such a great time, and I hope that you enjoyed getting to share your story. Me too. Thank you so much for your time and opportunity. Special thanks to Philman for being this week's guest. If you want to learn more about Philman Lee, visit the links in the show notes. Popner Lounge is executively produced by Vico and Steph Pham. Vico serves as the creative director and Steph Pham is the host and editor. To find out more information about Popner Lounge, visit our website, popnerlounge.com. Thank you for tuning in and we hope you join us next time for another conversation with a fellow creative. I'm your host, Steph Pham. Popner Lounge is executively produced by Vico and Steph Pham. Vico serves as the creative director and Steph Pham is the host and editor. To find out more information about Popner Lounge, visit our website, popnerlounge.com. Thank you for tuning in, and we hope you join us next time for another conversation with a fellow creative. I'm your host, Steph Pham.